You're listening to The First Gen Coach. I'm your host, Carla Santamaria, a civic engagement professional turned mindset and career coach. As a first-gen immigrant, college grad, and corporate professional, I have experienced firsthand the many struggles and challenges that first-gen professional Latinas and women of color often face when navigating unfamiliar and unfriendly corporate environments. In this podcast, I will share insights for career success and will feature inspiring and successful first-gen women to share their journey and their stories. If you're ready to tap into a growing community of first-gen professionals, you've come to the right place. Hello, first-gen friends. Welcome back to the show. Today's episode is our second episode on the Financial Literacy Month series, And today's guest is the fabulous Kat Oliva, the creator of Latina Millionaires Club. I am so excited for this conversation. Kat really takes an abundant approach to financial literacy. And it was so beautiful to have her, you know, to to talk to her and listen to her perspective on why we should all be millionaires and how we can get there by doing the bare minimum. It was really, really amazing conversation. I'm so excited for you to listen. Um, I also shared one of the biggest financial mistakes that I've made. And through our conversation, she actually pointed out the belief I had, the limiting belief that I had inherited from you know, my, my parents that actually led me to make that mistake. So listen, if you want to hear that scoop, I have since grown and learned and, you know, forgiven myself for not knowing any better, but now I know better. So I definitely want to encourage you to really take an abundance approach to your financial freedom and to your career trajectory. And in this conversation, you will learn how to do that. A little bit about Kat. Kat Oliva is a financial wellness coach, mother, and the creator of At Latina Millionaires Club. She started her coaching business to empower women, especially Latinas, to feel that we deserve to be wealthy AF and to guide them out of the scarcity mindset into abundance. She makes it her mission to help women of color to not only become millionaires, but to start living the life they have always wanted right now. When she's not avidly supporting women and Latinas to break barriers, she spends as much time as possible with her husband and two little girls. This conversation, as I said, was so inspiring. I've already listened to it like three times and I'm so excited for you to listen to it. And before we get into the show, I want to remind you that it would mean so, so much to me if you could leave a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts, or even if you can just share this podcast with a friend, share it on your stories and tag me at Carla, the first gen coach. It really is the best way to help the show grow and to help other people like you get access to this resource. So it would mean so, so much to me. And I am so excited for you to listen to this episode and I will see you next time. Hi, Kat. Welcome to the show. Hi, Carla. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Why don't we start with you telling listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So first off, thank you for having me uh, on your podcast to talk about money. One of my favorite things. Uh, My name is Kat Oliva Pedraza. I am a wealth coach for Latinas and women of color. And I just teach women how to kind of manage their money and set themselves up for success, whatever their money goal is. 
I'm also a mom, a wife. I live in Houston, Texas. So yeah, that's just a little bit about me and what I do. Thank you. How did you get into money coaching? So I got into money coaching. Honestly, it was not my plan at all. Um, I started to kind of learn about money and investing like in the middle of the pandemic when we were all learning things, we had time to figure things out. And I just started to learn about the power of the stock market and how I, you know, I started to invest a little bit here and there. I started to read a lot of books and I just started to pick up all this knowledge. And then I would start to talk to friends, um, family members and, and people just around me. And I just realized how little, you know, one, how little we knew about it. And then two, like even those that knew just weren't sure how to make the best decision for themselves. Like they didn't know where to invest or once they started, um, you know, they started to make mistakes maybe, and maybe started investing and not putting, um, like not putting their money into, into stocks, but just kind of leaving it in like a Roth IRA and not investing it. So just little things like that, I would start to learn. And I was like, wow, there's a lot that we really don't know. So I just, started a page on Instagram, right? And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, start educating and start putting some information out there. And at one point I was like, I'm going to start, I want to take it. I was ready to take it a little bit further. I thought I might start a money course and then joined, um, I think I joined, I can't remember. I think it was a Yo Quiero Dinero group. And she was like, no, you need to start coaching. Like you, <laughs> you need to start um, helping people one-on-one. You don't have to create a course first, like just go out there and start coaching. So that's really how I started was like that push from Janice to get started. Wow. That is amazing. So, you know, for those listening, Kat and I met at Janice's mixer, what was it at the end of 2021? And so we've yes. been friends, we've stayed in, in touch. And I actually didn't know that that's how you got started. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was totally going to be like, oh, let me just like not show my face almost right and just be behind Instagram and like, maybe create a little course just a little just to promote financial literacy. But I was still like, it was it was very much a hobby at that time. And so, um, you know, she kind of gave me that push to move forward and go into business. And let me tell you, I'm so glad she did because I mean, first of all, that's how we met. So I'm I'm thankful for that mixer. Um, And also to those listening, go to networking events, go to mixers. (laughs) I can't have a (laughs) podcast episode where I don't tell people that it's important to build relationships because, um, you know, you meet amazing people such as Kat. Um, So uh, funny thing, I don't think I've ever talked about this on my podcast or really to anyone other than my partner, but I started investing also in 2020 and I bought meme stocks <laughs> and I can't, and I, I, I can't like my face is turning red right now. Just like saying that out loud. Um, so yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about financial literacy so that people don't go out and buy meme stocks like I did in 2020? Yeah, I like want to ask you what meme stocks you bought, but I don't know if you want to go there. No, no, so, maybe another episode. I, I, I'm still, I still hold a little bit of a pain, and and I mean it's okay. We all make mistakes. We learn. Thankfully, I'm in a better place. Um, but I don't know. You know, you're the the money expert. But what I can say is, don't start with meme stocks. I mean, that's really that's a really good point. I think with you know financial literacy is so important and. 
time and time again, I hear, you know, people talk about, well, we don't learn these things in school as Latinas growing up in Latino households, or even, you know, in elementary school, middle school, high school, you know, and beyond that we don't learn financial literacy. And well, I do agree with that. You know, I do agree. We don't necessarily learn in our communities and in school. I do also think that it is our responsibility to, to seek out that information, right? Especially if if we're unsure or if it's something that we look to, especially if you're like, you know, I want to be wealthy. I want to be a millionaire, which is another common thing that I hear in the community is to really seek out those resources and um, become financially literate. And there are so many resources out there. But to me, the importance of financial literacy is not only like having your money order, it's money in order or having a six figure job or you know, it's not even as simple as maybe it's not just investing or not just saving your money and having money saved in a in a bank account. It's kind of like the fusion of all of those things, but also being comfortable enough to make decisions about money. So to, for, to me, like at the core of financial literacy is just having the information to make decisions about your money, whatever it may be. So I think that's a really big, important piece of, you know, what I do and the women that I work with. Because another thing that I notice is coming from our communities, not only is it not having the financial literacy, you know, the confidence to make certain decisions, but it's also that we carry certain limiting beliefs or ideas that we don't necessarily know that they're there or how prevalent they are in affecting the decisions that we make. So kind of uncovering each one of those pieces first, like to build that foundation before you can really start to learn those you know, key financial literacy pieces like saving and investing and really building wealth. I love your definition of financial literacy. You said financial literacy is having enough information to make decisions about money. Beautiful, beautiful. And the other thing that I want to dig a little deeper, if it's okay, is what are some of those limiting beliefs that you come across with your clients? In my head, money is the root of all evil. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't buy happiness. Just these things that like, like sometimes we may just say them out of repeating because we heard it once somewhere, but a lot of those are are very strong within us or in some other ones that come to mind now are like, like making money or you have to work hard in order to make money, which makes us then think that making money is hard. And what happens in those, if we have that limiting belief, then we really seek out work to, to make money when in reality, money can work for us. I'm going to give you another one uh, <laughs> that I didn't realize until right this moment when I admitted my <laughs> shameful secret <laughs> about meme stocks. Uh, growing up, when I asked my, my parents about the stock market, I was like, what even is that? And so my dad told me, donde los ricos apostan con su dinero or something like that. And then guess my first foray into investing was meme stocks, which is literally like gambling. And anyway, I was very much not financial liter financially literate at that time. And I didn't have the knowledge that I needed to make sound decisions about money. But I've since explored, and I actually talked about this in a previous podcast episode recently that I even had to uncover some of my career limiting beliefs. And I think it was, no, I'm sorry, a money limiting belief in order to advance my career. Like I felt for so long, I felt guilty about earning a higher income than my parents, that I was like keeping myself down in my career, you know? So again, so like, even though 
I didn't grow up, you know, like going around telling everyone, hey, everyone, I'm Carla Santa Maria and I'm ashamed to make more money than my parents. <laughs> you know, like it's like this subconscious limited belief that, you know, again, it, it's tied to money. So so thank you for those examples, you know, and like that we kind of all hear them. But I imagine that you probably also work with your clients and like, you know, help them uncover those these like deeper rooter ones that are driving these decisions that may not be the best decisions for building wealth. Yeah. And I want to like, like take a second to, to like comment on what you just said, you know, starting out that you, that limiting belief that you uncovered that, you know, your dad told you that the stock market is where wealthy people gamble their money. And then your first, you know, intro to the stock market is buying meme stocks and and then connecting that kind of right now or, or when all that happened is really interesting. Cause I feel like that's ha- really how it happens. Like when we start to uncover these limiting beliefs, it just kind of comes out of, at us out of nowhere, or after having a conversation with someone. And that's what I think is so powerful. And even just having like that one-to-one coaching connection with the client is because just sharing our different experiences around money or our different thoughts or how we're how we were brought up, it just like uncovers this whole, like like this one little belief, right? You uncover this one belief, but it's like rooted to so many other ideas or thoughts or beliefs that we have. And it affects the, the actions that we take. So yeah, to me, like that's such a powerful piece of, of coaching and talking about money is, is really, you know, the simple, the simple solution, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, like the power of coaching. So uh, Kat, you coached me towards the end of last year, I think you were, you know, like you were so gracious with your time and we met for a one hour coaching call and it really, you helped me look at my money. I was, and like, you helped me look at my credit cards and I wasn't necessarily in credit card debt. I was paying them off, but I was still just like scared to look at them. And, you know, like, and that's the power of coaching. I mean, even recently with a client, like I I heard her say something and I was like, I'm going to pause and ask a little bit more about that. And it was like, and I just envisioned this string, you know, like a kind of jumbled up string like of yarn. And I was like, let me pull at that string. And it led to this really powerful conversation, as you said, of uncovering these limiting beliefs and then seeing like, oh, what actions are we taking based on, on these beliefs that are guiding us? Yes, for sure. And it's like, even not knowing that it's there, getting to that realization that something is there, I think. That's where a lot of us get tied up because we're thinking about the, the, you know, the strategy of, you know, making a career pivot or the strategy of investing and um, building wealth. But it's like beneath that strategy, there's a few things we got to we need to address first to really help you like fast track to where you want to go. My next question is about your Instagram handle name. (laughs) Uh, slash about your goal to help, you know, Latinas and women of color become millionaires. Because I still, even, even you know, like I've, I've spent the last, you know, the majority of the last three years kind of becoming more financially literate myself and like getting more information. And I'm so grateful for all of the Latina money coaches that I'm, I'm now, you know, like surrounded by. I still don't hear the, uh, the word millionaire very often. And I still don't hear people saying, I want to be a millionaire. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I have so much to say about this, especially now, because when I first started, right, and I first started that page, and I was going back and forth between a couple of names, and I was like, Latina Millionaires Club, like, that sounds so, like, 
childish. I thought I'm like, how you, you want to be a millionaire, right? Like that's a childish dream of yours. But the core of it was I was sitting in my kitchen and I was doing my retirement calculations, like even just looking at my pension and with the little bit that I was planning to invest, like in my Roth IRA, I was just looking at these numbers and I was like, okay, wow. Um, by not doing anything extra, by doing the very bare minimum of, of, of investing, you know, what I'm doing now, I'll be a millionaire by age 60, I think before 60. And so at that point I could retire. And so just diving into that, like we're thinking me becoming a millionaire in this lifetime was like a pipe dream, right? Just from hearing that growing up, like people like us, you know, women like me, we don't become millionaires or, or whatever ideas and thoughts I heard. And I don't, I hate to even say it to even put that idea out there, but that's really what it was is that I had never sat down and looked at the numbers and saw that by me doing the bare minimum, I could become a millionaire. And starting with that, I was like, well, if I can do this with all of the money mistakes I made in my life, you know, in my 20s and 30s, I know that other people can do it too. And so I just started to run the numbers and just to see how, I don't want to say easy, but how simple it could be by investing in the stock market, you know, regularly by investing actually in um, the majority of what I invest is like, is like the S&P 500. So index funds. And how, you know, just continually investing over time, you can actually become a millionaire in 20 to 30 years. And that's just by investing, you know, depending on your age, like anywhere from, you know, 250 to up to $1,000 a month. So, so I'm going to backtrack for a second, but, but that was where that name came from. Um, How a lot of us maybe would become millionaires in our lifetime, but we don't realize until we take a look and sit down and look at the numbers. So that was one part of it. And then the other thing of, of why I chose that name was kind of like, I think out of some sort of manifestation, like if I can become a millionaire and show others how to do it too, like we all become millionaires together. So that was really the idea behind that name, even though I was still like, this name sounds a little bit crazy, right? Like it's it's out there to sit there and be like, yeah, we're all going to be Latina millionaires, but realizing how possible it really is. It absolutely is. And I love the manifestation component of it. I mean, you and I talk a lot about manifestation and even in my career, like I've shared before that at the start of 2022, I wrote down in my intentions, like I want to be a diversity, equity, and inclusion program manager. <laughs> in a tech company and I could only name five tech companies and they were Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. Yeah. So anyway, there is power in manifestation. So just putting that out there, I think is super, super important. And then yes, absolutely. We are going to be all Latina millionaires. And you said that we can do that by doing the bare minimum. What is the bare minimum? Well, first off, there's a, there's a quite, there's a few little steps of, of having the bare minimum, but I guess the reason why I say it's the bare minimum is because it's very easy to kind of set that foundation, which the first thing is, I mean, obviously having a regular income. So whether it's through a nine to five or having a business, having a regular income, even passive income so that you can, you know, either save or invest a portion of your income. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing is building up an emergency fund. So the importance of having an emergency fund is not only to have money to pay for emergencies, you know, whatever comes up, like if you have issues with car issues with your home and things like that. But it's also so that if something were to happen, or if if an opportunity were to come up or any or, you know, 
an emergency would be so that you can use the money that's in your cash kind of savings account versus having to dip into your savings in the stock or your money in the stock market. Uh, so that's that's why it's important to have that emergency fund, because if you say, let's say you don't have an emergency fund, but you're continuously investing in like a 401k or a Roth IRA, you don't really want to take that money out to cover certain opportunities or emergencies. You absolutely can, but you, you know, you, you um, run the, I don't want to say risk, but you, you lose that return on investment once you take the money out or you have penalties that may come into play. So that's why you, you really want to have that emergency fund before you start heavily investing. So then the next step beyond that is to look at your tax advantage accounts. So uh, whether you qualify for a Roth IRA, that's a really good account to start with because it, it without having to go too far into details, in, with while investing in your Roth IRA means you are taxed now versus later. So your money grows tax-free. And then there's also like a 401k or 457b or 403b, whatever you qualify through your employer. Those are usually um, tax advantaged accounts to where you're not taxed now, but you you know would be taxed at retirement. So there's just different strategies that go into what account that you may want to set up depending on your financial situation. But that's really a a really pl good place to start or where most of us may not realize that we are investing in the stock market by having a 401k and or and or a Roth IRA or whatever workplace retirement account. So that's that's I think that's now four levels. And then another level beyond that is investing in a taxable brokerage account. So once you've exhausted your tax benefit accounts, then going to a taxable brokerage where you can um, you know, invest in individual stocks or exchange traded funds or index funds. So like there, which actually these options are available in all of the accounts, but setting up that foundation, it sounds like a lot when I'm talking about it now, but you can actually set it up for yourself one time and just let everything like put everything on automatic transfers or automatic withdrawals so that, you know, you don't have to think about it. Great. Thank you so much for, for that explanation. And uh, one thing I want to kind of just add is that I, I am an immigrant. I grew up with a lot of like money scarcity. And I also, like I said, believe in manifestations. I don't want to manifest emergencies. So, so one thing that has helped me and, you know, like kind of like feel safer, you know, which is that sense of safety, sense of security is really important personally, is to have my emergency fund and then to have an opportunity fund. Like, at least that's how I think of it. Like I am someone who has like, a, you know, I have a whole bunch of bank accounts. Like I have one for my bills. I have one for my savings. And so I'm like, all right, well, this is my emergency fund. This is like, you know, if, if things were to hit the fan, if something were to come up, this is where it would go. And that's like the bare minimum. But then I also have kind of opportunities. Some people call it an, an FU fund. I am so resistant to that term because I'm like, why would you want to save or invest to spite someone? Like, that's so weird. Why don't you do something positive for yourself rather than to try to spite someone? So anyway, I call it my 
anyway, so <laughs> that's getting more into like the philosophy and we're, we're, you know, veering away from financial literacy, but to, to kind of refocus it, you know, into financial literacy, um, as I mentioned before we started recording, I loved your bio, the part where you talked about helping women embody the lives that they want to live now, because yes, we can all be millionaires as soon as, you know, like at some point in our sixties, if we've been, you know, investing even the bare minimum for 20 to 30 years, but I don't want to wait until I'm 60. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about what we can do in the now. Yes, I don't want to wait until I'm 60 either. And so there, that is the benefit, I think, to learning about investing. And then also there's, it's not just, you know, investing in the stock market is not the only way to build wealth. And I think that's the exciting thing about it. Like you can, you can build wealth by, you know, doing having passive income streams, by creating a business. Um, you know, there's just, all kinds of, even if you want to side hustle your way there, which I don't recommend, I've tried that for a little bit, but there's, there's almost, you know, so many different ways that, that you can build wealth by choosing, you know, what works best for you. Um, for me, I think the, the best kind of combination that works for me right now is to stay at my nine to five and invest in my workplace retirement accounts while, building my business. And then, you know, in addition, maybe some passive income streams on the side. And that to me is like, what will really expedite that retirement age? Or I think the idea is, let's say if when I started this out, my retirement age was 60 is maybe bringing that age like a little bit closer to me now, which I think for me now, it's actually late forties where I can fully retire and just live on, you know, my investments or or income streams. So I think that's really the idea is teaching women how you can do that. Either you can do the bare minimum, invest in your workplace accounts, retire at 60, or you can build your business in passive income streams and, you know, invest a little bit more than the bare minimum and bring that age, retirement age closer to you. Okay. So first of all, amazing, remarkable, outstanding. (laughs) You know, I think we forget especially when, you know, we kind of like dive deep into like the personal finance community and like the, um, like the fire, the financial independence, retire early, that sometimes people see retiring at 65, like it's a failure retiring at 60, like it's a failure. First of all, no, it's, it's not like retiring and having a decent income is still a privilege. It's still something that is not widely accessible to our communities. Like that is still such a huge win. And with just a few additional tweaks here and there, like you've talked about, we can, you know, retire earlier than that. So thank you so much for, for making that something that is, again, because I thought retirement was something that rich people did, you know, but it's like, wait, no. What if it's accessible to all of us? Yeah, it really is. And while, you know, while saying all that, even though, you know, my goal retirement age, like I said, is around late forties, even though I've made that decision for myself, like I still choose to enjoy my life now. And that's something that I think I talk a lot about lately, especially on Instagram is making like, you can save for your future and set yourself up to have like a nice, you know, fat retirement, if that's what you want, or fat fire is what they call it. But you can also enjoy your life now. It doesn't have to be living on, you know, rice and beans or living on the bare minimum, which I think is preached a lot. And or at least when I first came into the personal finance community, that was really preached a lot. And I did not like it. Like I just did not resonate with 
living on rice and beans and drive driving like you know a cash car that I didn't know if it was going to make it from A to B you know like I I didn't want to live with that kind of stress I preferred to figure out a way that I could live and enjoy my life now travel if I wanted to spend money on food or whatever my prior- priority was or is at any given time and then all while also planning to retire you know, in my late forties. And I think another piece of that, that I did want to make sure I note is that some people just don't want to retire early. You know, they love what they do and they see themselves working into their sixties. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I hope that, you know, my goal in building my business is to hopefully be able to work longer. Um, You know, that's definitely one of my goals. So it's just like, it just looks I think that's, you know, the big thing, the biggest thing about personal finance and also financial literacy is it just looks so different for everyone. And you can really like, once you understand what money can do for you, like you can really set your life up the way that you want to. Beautiful. Um, Yeah. I mean, and I, I love that you talked about like the sort of like the autonomy and the freedom because when you said like I don't want to live on rice and beans I'm like girl if I could eat rice and beans every single day and (laughs) I love rice and beans (laughs) like you know I I rarely ever cook rice I don't know and like beans take forever to cook in the slow cooker so like I don't but I would love you know I love rice and beans and I also love going on vacation and booking the, the nicest Airbnb that we can find you know and I shop at Aldi, you know, like, and it's all about making these choices that help me live the life that I design and it's intentional, you know, like I choose to shop at Aldi rather than at Whole Foods. And then I choose to stay at a nicer Airbnb rather than the cheapest one that I can find. Like these are the choices that money allows us to make once we understand how it works. And that's what, you know, like, just want to reiterate that that freedom, like, you know, like you, I also, I'm still in my nine to five and I am excited that I get to build my business and contribute meaningfully in my nine to five. Like it really helps me, you know, and as a diversity, equity, inclusion practitioner with a master's degree in community and social change, like I see my coaching business as like the one-on-one individual level. And then I see my nine to five as like the systems level, you know, and kind of doing the same work, you know, like, making this society better for people who look like you and me. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, like the, my favorite part of that, like having this, this discussion is like that, this, and like, I can have this and that, because I know when I, when you and I talked, started talking not too long ago, I was very much in the space of it's either going to be my nine to five or my business. And then I remember talking to you about it and saying, well, it can be my nine to five and my business and whatever other hobbies and being a mom, I can do all of those things and feel good doing them. It's just about what, you know, in a sense of balance, even though I don't, I know like a balance is not always achievable, but there is a certain balance that works for each of us. And it doesn't have to be this or that it can really be this and that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I heard one time that it's not about work-life balance, it's about work-life harmony. And so thinking about the harmony between all aspects of our lives, you know, because, you know, like I talk to my clients about making boundaries in their in their career so that they're not thinking about work 24-7. And similarly, 
having boundaries around money so that we can be free from thinking about money 24 seven. I think that adds to the harmony component. So yeah, it can be this and that, which I think is really, really um, just important to embrace, you know, like we can have money and be good people. How's that for, how's that thought landing? Yeah, that's like my new limiting belief for sure. I mean, new empowering belief. Sorry, that is my new empowering belief, not limiting. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Because again, like it's, you know, like money is the root of all evil, like all of these things that we talked about in the beginning, you know, it's like all this negative framing around money, but it's like, no, no, I can have money and be a good person. I can have a job that pays me six figures and give back to my community. That's a super common one in my, (laughs) with my clients. Um, Okay. All right. So because it is financial literacy month, um, actually I was talking to someone and they were like, every day is financial literacy day. And I was like, huh, okay. I'm going to write that down and put it on my wall. But uh, because it's financial literacy month, what is one piece of advice that you would give to, to someone who's listening? Yeah, I think the biggest piece of advice I can give is if there's something around money that you're avoiding like sit with that for a second and and understand what it is you're avoiding and maybe try to dive in a little bit to understand why so for example if you know you have credit card debt or student loan debt but you don't know the balances you know you don't know how much total total credit card balances or debt that you have that's a really good place to start um, if you maybe have trouble saving money and you don't, you know, you're more of a spender and then, but you're avoiding your spending, like you're avoiding looking at your bank account, taking a second to sit with that, understand that you're avoiding and, and maybe understand why again, and then start to take a look. So I think that sometimes when we talk about financial literacy, a lot of us think about it like as an all or nothing approach, like either you have to be good with money or you have to have it all together or you have to be investing, you know, so heavily in the stock market. But I think it just we can dial it back and just say, what is it that we're avoiding when it comes to money? And like maybe just take one small step to face it before making any decisions beyond that. Yeah, that's a really, really powerful place to start, you know, like, look at the thing you don't want to look at and then take one small step. Because it can be, honestly, it can be so overwhelming to try to do all of these things. And like, what is a 401k? And what is a 457b? And like, you know, and like, should I do a Roth? And like, should I invest in my 401k if my employer doesn't match? Like, all of these questions can be so overwhelming. But let's just get started with one, one thing. And I think that's really, that, that applies to a lot of things in life. So thank you so much for, um, for sharing that wisdom, Kat. Um, before we wrap up today, how can folks get to know you, work with you, you know, like learn more about your services? Yes, for sure. So I think my favorite place to hang out right now is definitely on Instagram. You can follow me at Latina Millionaires Club. I also have, uh, you know, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and all those things. They kind of feed into each other. But I'm right now, I have a one-to-one coaching program that's open and you can actually book a discovery call in the link in my bio. But, you know, if you just want to talk, you know, feel free to DM me and I'm usually interacting with, with people there on Instagram. 
Okay, great. And I make sure I will make sure to drop uh, that link in the in the show notes so that folks can take that one small step right away. Thank you so, so, so much, Kat, for this lovely conversation. And if you're listening and you got something out of it, you know, share it, share it on your stories. Tag me at Carla, the first gen coach, tag Kat at Latina Millionaires Club, and just tell us what you took away from this episode, or maybe what's that one small action that you're going to take. And with that, that is going to wrap up our show today. Thank you so much, Kat. Once again, really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Carla. Thank you, everyone. All right. Bye-bye. Before we wrap up today, I want to remind you to download your free resume template and guide. This resume template is designed to help first-gen professionals like you showcase your strengths, your leadership experience, and tell a powerful story. So if you are ready to make bold career moves, download your free resume template and guide at thefirstgencoach.com slash resume.